0: It's almost time for back to school. For all of you going to college or sending your kiddos and your credit card to college, I want to tell you what nobody told me about college. It might take a few months for you to adjust to the radical schedule change that comes with college life. I don't remember most of the first few months of my freshman year because I couldn't stay awake through them. I fell asleep in class, fell asleep in chapel, I fell asleep in church. I fell asleep during job orientation with budget rent-a-car. Just ten of us around a conference room table, and as the trainer explained corporate discounts on mid-sized cars, I was gone. Uh, that's okay. I'll show myself out. And even though I ripped Van Winkle through training, I still got the job. And one day on the way to work that job, I kept dozing off in traffic. And then I woke up when my 97 Neon bumped the much newer, much nicer Lexus stopped at the red light in front of me. I could fall asleep quite nigh anywhere, anytime. But when I read Acts chapter 12, I've got to give the golden pillow to Simon Peter. Do you remember the Mount of Transfiguration? Jesus was completely changed right in front of him. Moses and Elijah came all the way from eternity, stood next to him in time, and Peter missed most of it because he was asleep. Do you remember the garden? The very night Jesus was arrested, tried, the next day crucified for the sins of all mankind. (laughs) Peter fell asleep there too. But this one amazes me. Tomorrow was Peter's big day, but it's not his birthday or graduation day or wedding day. Tomorrow was execution day, and Peter was soundly snoozing on martyrdom eve. King Herod had rounded up four squads of soldiers. Some scholars tell us each squad was a team of four soldiers, and my advanced math tells me that 16 soldiers were assigned to guard one unarmed preacher. I did stay awake during math class. And Simon Peter was chained between two soldiers. Chains that bound him to the prison, to the guards, or both. And then there were the other guards. Armed guards in front of the door keeping the prisoner in the prison. And then there were the two guard posts in front of the prison. And finally, the closed iron gate that led to the city. Simon Peter was secure in one of Jerusalem's most secure strongholds. And he was asleep on the night before he was to be tried and then killed. Whether or not Peter knew it, somewhere in the middle of that dark city, In the middle of the night, there was a humble home still lit by a candle because God's church had gathered in that house to pray for Peter's deliverance. And God heard their prayers and sent an angel to rescue Simon Peter. Good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to Tie Your Shoes on Simplify. The next scene is almost too good to be true. While Simon slept, the angel walked into his locked cell, struck him on the side and said, Hey, hey, Peter, get up. Come on, let's go. Get up. Peter shook himself and woke up, looked up, spoke up. Who and what world are you? I'm an angel. Am I dreaming? Not anymore. And I'm here to get you out of here. When Simon woke up and got up, his chains fell right off his wrists. Well, that had to make a clang, but the guard beside him didn't even grunt. Then the angel told Simon Peter to do something I find so very interesting. Before they took one step in their escape plan, the angel told Peter to get dressed and tie his shoes. Tie my shoes? Okay, can do. I've been trying to tie my shoes since I was six, this angel just walked through prison bars and passed prison guards. He could have put Peter's sandals on him, tied him in a double bow, and slapped a Nike swoosh on the side for fashion. But the angel and Peter weren't going anywhere until Simon Peter tied his own shoes. Now, the angel knows there's no way this guy's getting out of prison alive. There's no way the fisherman-turned-preacher will free himself from the chains on both wrists and the guards on both sides. And he can't unlock the door to escape from his prison cell and he certainly can't get past the armed guards who guard the cell. And he couldn't find his way through the labyrinthian maze that snaked through the inner prison if he had a map and GPS. And he couldn't make it past the guard towers and the highly trained, heavily armed guards whose lives depended on keeping prisoners in and rescuers out. And Simon Peters certainly couldn't open the iron gate that closed at night to keep the city safe. There was absolutely Nothing Simon Peter could do to free himself and save his life and stave off death's determined hand except get dressed and tie his shoes. So the angel stood there and tapped his foot, and God waited for Peter to do what he could so God would do what Peter could not. If I knew I only had eight hours left on this blue and green globe, I don't think I'd be asleep. I'd be thinking of a way to leave the prison, or I'd be making sure I was ready to leave this world. It's time for an all-night prayer meeting. But somewhere in the middle of that dark city, God's church had gathered together in one house to pray for Simon Peter's deliverance. And when they prayed, God heard, and God sent an angel to rescue Simon Peter. Do you see the difference? A small group of persecuted Christians huddled in one house to pray, Simon Peter, guarded by Rome's smartest and strongest, but a thousand Roman swords could not keep one angel out of prison to get Simon Peter out because God's church was praying. I'm sure when they gathered together in that house to pray, they all thought, we can't do anything. We can't rescue Simon Peter. We don't even really know where he's being held, how many guards there are. We don't know how to get in there to get him out of there. There's nothing we can do except there's, well, yeah, there is one thing we can do. We can pray. And we already know what we can't do. So did they, so did Simon. He knows he's not getting out of there alive because there's no way he can overpower the guards and find his way out of there alive. He's a dead man if he tries it on his own. We already know what we can't do. We can't save anybody, I'm sorry. We can't put broken homes back together. We can't reconcile divorced moms and dads. We can't break somebody's addiction to prescription drugs or illicit drugs. Moms and dads, you probably can't bring your kids D minus up to a B plus. We can't erase the felony on our record. We can't give a regretful, tearful teenager their purity back. We can't make a lost soul pray. We can't heal broken bones from an accident or a broken heart from the breakup. There's a growing list of we can'ts. You know them well. I know them well. But what if there was one thing we could do? What if we just tied our shoes? What if we just do what we can do, and then we trust God to do what we can't? When Simon Peter put on his coat and laced up his sandals, the next few scenes in Acts 12 are miraculous. Peter and his angel bodyguard walked out of the prison cell and wound their way through the prison. I want you to put yourself in Peter's freshly tied sandals. If any of those guards see him, he's done. At first, I'm sure he's a little skittish. He probably whispered or just tiptoed, slinked past that first guard tower, but no response from the guard. And so they walked past the second guard tower, no response from that guard, not even a cough. I got to think Simon Peter got a little brave, kind of waved his arms, jumped up and down. Hey, fellas, I'm busting out of here. And then they came to the iron gate of the city. And without anybody pushing on it or anybody pulling it, that weighty iron gate opened on its own. And Simon Peter followed the angel down one street, down another. And when Peter realized this was really real, and he realized where he was, The angel left because Simon Peter could walk the rest of the way. There were no more doors to open, no more guards to free from, no more towers to sneak past, no more chains to break, no more gates to open. God had done all the heavy lifting. And Peter found himself standing at the corner of freedom and liberty, wearing a freshly tied pair of sandals on his feet and no more chains on his hands. He was alive and he was free and all he did was tie his shoes. But when Simon Peter did what he could do, God did what he could not. Today, don't worry about what you can't do. Just do what you can. Tie your shoes. Pray and let the God we serve who can do it all, let him do it all. Let's pray right now. I want to pray whatever it is you're praying for. I want to pray that God would give you the courage just to pray, to trust him, to ask him to do what you can't do as long as you will simply do what you can. Lord Jesus, you can do everything. You're the Almighty God. You're the maker of heaven and earth. Nothing is too great for you to do. And you told us in your word, if we would pray, you would hear, you would answer. And so today, God, whatever it is that those who are listening to this podcast are praying for, I know you're hearing. I ask you to do what they can't do, Lord. All of those who need salvation or deliverance or freedom or a financial miracle. All those who need healing from a disease, even a terminal disease, I know you can do it. God, you could even raise the dead. You can do anything. And so I'm asking you, Lord, to do what you want to do, what I know you can do. And we're going to do what we can. We're going to tie our shoes. We're going to pray and trust you. And I ask you to do what we can't, whatever it is that they need, that we need, that I need. I pray you would do it today. And I give you praise and I give you thanks for it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being a part of this episode. I hope it's encouraged you and build up your faith a little bit. If you know somebody in your life who could use some encouragement and who needs to know what they should do so God can do what He wants to do in their life, please share this episode with them. I hope it'll be a faith lift for them as well. I've got, as advertised and as I promised, my second book has just come out. It is hot off the presses, and you can buy it if you would like it. It's called Ten Words, a practical look at the Ten Commandments. Walks through each of the ten. and There are a couple bonus chapters in there as well. You could buy it at PentecostalPublishing.com for $13.99, or you could buy it on Amazon for Kindle. For, I believe it's $9.99. But I'm super excited about that book and appreciate everybody who has already bought it and those who are on their way to get it right now. And hopefully in the near future, we'll be coming out with an audible version of 10 words where you can listen to it on your way to work or church or on your way to the taxidermist. So very excited about this new venture and new opportunity to be able to share God's word with others. Next week on Simplify, I want to share with you a devotion called Thank God for Empty Seats. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you and always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.